0: Good morning. Can everyone hear me? All right. I'm going to pray first, mainly for me. Lord Jesus, uh, please anoint this message this morning. And I truly want to speak your heart and uh, be that kind of person that I'm going to be talking about in this message. And without your help, it's not possible. So just empower me and empower us to be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, pastor asked me to preach on Acts chapter 7, and I love Acts chapter 7, and every time I tried to work on this message, um, I'd always come up with other scriptures, and then I ended up having so many post-it notes in my Bible that I'm like, I don't know if I can get done an hour, and then I thought, well, I don't know if I can stretch it out to an hour, and so we'll just see where we land, huh? And the title of the sermon this morning is is, uh, Love Perfected. Okay, Stephen was brought before the Sanhedrin, the council, in chapter 6, because they couldn't cope with the wisdom and spirit with which he was speaking. And then so accusers came forward to start false accusations, right? So in Acts chapter 7... Stefan addresses the council and with the brief history lesson he gives them that they would all agree upon what he's about to say. He's setting the stage for the other shoe to drop as it were because he's about to say something that they're not going to like. It's the truth. Sometimes hearing a truth hurts but need to tear the band-aid off in life. In verses 1 through 8, it's Abraham's call and prophecy, and his descendants would be aliens in a foreign land, and that they would be uh, enslaved and mistreated for 400 years, and whatever nation to which they would be in bondage, God says, I myself will judge. Verses 9 through 50, Joseph's story being sold into slavery by his jealous brothers up until Moses and the burning bush. Israel's release, their rebellion the tabernacle pattern David's favor and then this is when Stephan says something that they don't like and if you'd like you could turn to Acts chapter 7 we're going to read 51 through 60 see if I could find it You men, he's talking to the council, you men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one. Whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You who receive the law is ordained by angels, and yet did not keep it. Now, when they had heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at them at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and he said, Behold, I see the heavens open up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, but they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears, and rushed at him with one impulse. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him, and with witnesses and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who we all know is Paul. And they went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he, falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And having said this, he fell asleep. Now Stephen. By being empowered with the Holy Spirit, did what God wanted most from him was to pray for them because they're lost and they were stiff-necked. And so I wrote, I looked it up because I've heard you know stiff-necked and hard-hearted do they go? Uh, they harmonize with one another. So stiff necks and uncircumcised in heart. An uncircumcised heart is one that is closed and impervious to God's attempts to affect it, for it resists those attempts. A stiff-necked person is unyielding; his head is set, his jaw is outthrust, his ears are closed, and his teeth are clenched. And that's what Christianity has to endure lots of times with the lost they're they're set in their ways they they have their opinion and they think we're as uh um Dale said this morning um the weak things the the we're morons so <laughs> he said that I just I he heard me laugh I was just like okay I wanted to say hey Dale can I be a moron but yeah it was it was beautiful because the cross is foolishness to the world isn't it So I would have to say Saul because if you read in Acts 9, it tells the story of his conversion and then uh, the Lord named him Paul. And then it's retold in Acts 26, 14. So I'll go there real quick because I have a post-it note there. And he says, And when we had all fallen onto the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Which, he's resisting the Holy Spirit. And so many times the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts about something and we ah, it's just, I don't, I'm not sure. And so, I resisted the Holy Spirit for a long time until I got saved. I knew God was talking to me and bringing people into my life. But thankfully, someone must have been praying. So we're going to talk about what love perfected looks like. Because what is love? For we know without love we profit nothing, right? So First Corinthians 13. Ooh, found it. 4 through 7 and 13. He says, Love is patient. Love is kind. And is not jealous. Love does not brag. And it is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. We're going to key on that one. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. In verse 13, But now faith, hope, and love Abide in these three, but the greatest of these is love. However, we have a pattern in a spirit filled response to trials in this life, like Stefan, that show whether to give an idea what love perfected looks like when we follow Christ. For example, Jesus on the cross in Luke twenty three thirty four, And he was hanging there and he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And this is a true statement. Until God touches you and gives you a new heart, you don't really know what you're doing. And that's why we need to pray for them. And we need to love them back when they revile us, hate us, persecute us. Even when it's a family member, right? Because Jesus promised that we would be persecuted if we love them. We will We will be hated if we follow them. It just comes with the territory. So Jesus' love was perfect. And is being perfected in each of us as we walk this life of ours with Christ. So now... Yeah. I'm going to talk about what I call gap people, gap, closing the gap. Now, gap people is a person or someone who prays or does something due to love to prevent God's judgment on someone. So let's go to the book of Numbers 16. 16. almost there. Number 16, 41 through 50. Now the Israelites were, uh, in God's words, hard-hearted and stiff-necked. And they... Rebelled against Moses and Aaron and they um, spoke against him. So, but on the next day, all the congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, saying, you are the ones who have caused the death of the Lord's people. It came about, however, when a congregation had assembled against Moses and Aaron, they turned towards the tent of meeting and behold the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared and then Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting and the Lord spoke to Moses saying get away from among the congregation I may cons- so that I may consume them instantly then they fell on their faces and Moses said to Aaron take your censer and put it in the fire from the altar and lay incense on it and bring it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them for wrath has gone forth from the lord the plague has begun then Aaron took it as Moses had it spoken and ran into the midst of the assembly for behold the plague had begun amongst the people so he put on the incense and made atonement for the people and he took a stand between the dead and the living so that the place so that the plague was checked but those who had died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who had died on account of Korah then Aaron returned to Moses at the doorway of the tent of the meeting for the plague had been checked that's love wow that's bold he boldly went basically before the throne of grace and pleaded on behalf of the people stop Lord you you got to stop you cannot help them open their eyes and and the Lord relented and uh, you know another example of a gap person which uh, Mr. French brought up that really stuck with me was Mrs. McGrew and um without people like that we're not going to see this country change like we need so God sent a message to Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 22 God is describing the state of the nation and you can parallel that state if you want to read the chapter um to America if you like they were guilty of shedding of blood idolatry made a reproach to the nations they treated father and mother lightly they wronged the fatherless and widow they despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths they were slanderers lewdness committed abominations with their neighbor's wife taken bribes injured your neighbor for gain and forgotten me the house of Israel has become dross to me and all of you have become dross. Her priests have made no distinction between the holy and the unholy, the clean from the unclean. Does anyone know what dross is? Now, when you're refining silver or gold, there's impurities in it. Now I'm not 100% pure made out of gold but I know God's trying to get the dross out right but can you imagine God telling someone that no matter how much heat I put on you no matter how much impurities I try, try to scrape off that by the time I'm done scraping there's nothing left but dross that was when when I read that I'm like you're all dross not just people wise as of. A volume of people, but in its entirety, from top to bottom, all the way to the bottom of the that cylinder. And we're and every day we face trials in our lives that expose our hearts and our response. But it also, with the whole help of the Holy Spirit, when we pray about those things, that the dross gets scraped off and then the gold is revealed. Because gold, when it's pure. You can look into it and you see nothing but a reflection of yourself. So when Christ is trying to clean us to the point where when he looks at us, he sees himself in us. That's wonderful stuff. So So in verse 30 of Ezekiel 22, God says, but I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap and we talked about gap people before me for the land so that I would not destroy it but I have found no one that must have been hard for Ezekiel to hear John the Baptist was in a way building a wall letting the people know hey repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand he's trying to warn them it's building a wall the walls keep us safe keeps the enemy out so how do we apply this to us today in its fullness and perfection let's say number one come to jesus not only for our salvation, for He will be in you, be with you, and by the Holy Spirit fill you to accomplish the task at hand. So, what is our task? I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 16, the first book of the New Testament. Matthew 16. Um, I'm going to go back one. Before we go to Matthew 16, i go to Job. Because I want to talk about Job for a minute. And I, I know he was mentioned this morning too. And, um, Job is an example of a gap person who God appointed. It's Job 42 7 through um, 9. So it came about after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz, eh, the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves, and my servant Job will pray for you, for I will accept him. So that I may not do with you according to your folly. Because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Naamanite went and did as the Lord told them. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. You know, that's almost, I love that scripture because it's um, justification. It's like God saying, hey, I really do want to have mercy on you. And I'll have Job pray for you. And that's pouring hot coals on their head because of um, the shame they should have felt of what they said about Job. Okay. So Matthew 16:24 and 25, that will be one of our tasks. I keep looking at the clock and I'm going to be done way too soon, and my wife's going to get mad at me. That'll be my cross for today. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right, Matthew 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits its soul, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? That's part of the task, denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following him. And this denying is self and sin, but it denying ourselves to our own rights. For in 1 Corinthians nine twenty-seven, But I, Paul saying, disciplined my body, And made it my slave so that I, after I have preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified. And number two, and part of this cross is found in Matthew 5. 38 through 45. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him asks of you... And do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And sins reigned on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you, only, if you greet only your brother, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore you are to be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect, perfect in love, perfect in love. Now, so this act of love that we can do not only shows the world who we belong to, but it um, does something. I think it's spiritual. It could be supernatural. But it does something. If God is trying to tenderize someone and some people won't see it, just like the people that stoned Paul at the time or um, Stephen at the time. But the, the hearts that are being tenderized and we don't know who they are, these things do work. In Romans chapter 12, which is right after Acts, getting there, romans twelve nine through twenty one Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality. And here we go. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice or rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another and do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible. So far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room For the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. All of that to talk about hot coals. So I have three stories, maybe four. I'm looking at the clock. And this is how it works. And it parallels God's attitude, I hope. When I was a young boy, I think I wasn't in double digits yet, but it was um, something that God showed me that I had no idea. I wasn't a believer even though at that young age I believed in a God, but I wasn't raised in a godly home. Um, It was Christmas time. I've probably told this story before, but it was Christmas time, and we went to Grandma's house, and what little boy doesn't go into Grandma's house at Christmas Eve and sees a tree and is already doing, which one of those is mine? Which one of those presents is mine? Little did I know that And you women can relate to this, maybe, I don't know. But my mom and my grandma had a feud going on. And my grandma thought she can get at my mom. And so when the presents came out, I was given a big box of used underwear, all to hurt my mom. And this little boy... Looked down at that, and I looked at my grandma, and I was had this confused look on my face, and I still see my mom's face, standing behind my grandma in her big easy chair, and my mom had a face of horror and pain, and it's like I know what to do, and I went up and I grabbed my grandma a hug, and I said, "Thank you, Grandma, I love you, Merry Christmas," and my grandma's like, "What's that for?" And I stopped an entire pattern of blow-up. My, what my grandma meant for evil turned to good. Because that act, I know, put hot coals on my grandma's head. <coughs> and it did something else, too. We got in the car to go home. And before my dad can finish backing out of the that, <coughs> that trailer park, he put it in drive, and my mom turned and looked at me straight in the eye, and she says, "Howard, I am so proud of you." <laughs> and she goes, "Elmer, that's my dad. We're getting Howard ice cream." I didn't know what I had done. I had no idea. But I knew I was getting ice cream. <laughs> so when we, we do this, even unbeknownst to me at the time, but we do what Christ requires of us, even though it could be hard, there's stuff going on in the realm, the spirit realm, that, you know, we're touching hearts and. And my grandma got the hot coals, and God bless her, you know. She just did what she did, because this is get. Who knows what they were arguing about? I I don't care. I was just a kid. I was getting ice cream. Another story, and I found this out years later. I didn't hear about it at the time, but it was because of my, me and my wife were just married, and we'd go to my parents' house, and, and um, I have an older brother. He's 12 years older than me and a lot smarter. And um, I always looked up to him. I still do. But apparently, every time they would come over, they always talk bad about me and my wife because the decisions we were making and who knows what it was. And I didn't know it. But it bugged Mom. And God hears us when we talk about people. And, and years later, my, wa- my mom told me, she goes, you know, because <clears throat> I started bringing my mom to church, and she goes, you know, when your brother and his wife would come, and every time they came to our house, they would talk bad about you and, and Marie and she says I couldn't take it anymore so one day when they started just bad mouthing you they said did you know that every time Howard and Marie comes here all they say is good things about you because they love you hot coals hot coals came because why God's working on their heart too and, uh, and my brother's a Christian now nothing like I did Something the work of the God, the Holy Spirit. I got twenty two minutes. <laughs> and so I was engaged before I met my wife to a different person and uh, and uh, we were engaged for i don 't know a couple years, and I was a brand new Christian. And we'll call it baby Christian I think it became an adult Christian at 60 and uh, things the Holy Spirit was really working on me and I broke off the engagement and let her keep the ring and everything and it caused so much grief and turmoil and her dad called me up and laid into me And he said some of the meanest things about me, my family, my brother, my Christianity. How could you be a Christian and do this, all that stuff? And all of a sudden, I just said, Floyd, stop. Please stop. I want to tell you something. And he's like, what? And I go, I mean this when I say this. I love you. And I still care about you. But I can't. Marry someone who I feel the Lord's telling me not to. And that ended it. It was like he didn't have any, he didn't know what to say. He's just, he wanted me to argue back. He wanted me to defend myself. He wanted me to be like him. Because people are comfortable with people like them. They can relate to someone reacting a certain way, but it's foolishness to them when we respond the way Christ would So love perfected remembers no wrongs it prays for the wrongdoers it endures suffering for God's for God's greater purpose And we do all pray the Lord's prayer Matthew 6 9 through 13. And Jesus said, Pray then in this way Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Here we go. And forgive us our sins or debts as we also forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I love this version of it. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we've prayed this many times in this church, probably every week, or it's mentioned every week for the last few years, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, face turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Well, humbling ourselves also includes accepting what God throws our way and being the kind of person he needs us to be in that hard situation. And God hears us when we forgive. And I would say the biggest, one of the biggest sin in America today is Unforgiveness. And I could talk or complain about the wrong and the wrongs that people do, but I do not pray. So let's ask the question Is love perfected in me? Is it perfect? Is love perfected in us, the church? So that's when God says, I'm looking for the man or woman who will build up a wall, stand in a gap, so the Lord will relent his judgment on a nation. And we all experience bad people and bad circumstances in our life. And everything that happens to us is an opportunity to pass this test of love. Now keep in mind God knows everything. God appoints all the rulers and leaders in our life. God allows every negative circumstance in our lives, and nothing happens to us without his knowledge or out of the grasp of his power or will But He is looking for us to come to Him when these things happen with our troubles. And here's the big one. This is for me. If it speaks to your heart, that's great. Can I even, when wronged by someone, go only to God with it and not need to share my pain with others about a sin committed against me, but only bring it to the Lord? I'm going to contrast love for you the opposite of love. Go to Luke, chapter 9. <clears throat> 51 through 56. When the days were approaching... For his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And as he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to the other village. So when we see evil, do we pray for their salvation, for God to save them, or do we pray against them? So that's the contrast. Fourteen minutes. Matthew eighteen twenty one through thirty five. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves and when he had begun to settle them one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him but since he did not have the means to repay this his lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment be made So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him his debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So, his fellow slave fell on the ground and began to plead with him, saying, "Have patience with me, and I will repay you but the But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw that it happened, they were deeply grieved, and came to reported it to their Lord of all that had happened and then some Summoning him, the Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave at the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that he was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart Jesus paid the price for our sins and we go before him and say God forgive me for my sins but then when someone sins against us we don't want to forgive it's hard welcome to America or anywhere else probably but we have to. And God's looking for someone who can stand in a gap for them. So my prayer for us is that we forgive others from our heart. We bless those who persecute us from our heart. That God would forgive them and grant them repentance from our hearts like he did for us. Like he does for us probably every day. I pray, and this is my prayer, I pray knowing, Lord, that what happened to me hurts. This situation is painful. Please help me to accept your sovereignty, your will in this, and to embrace your knowing what is good for me and for those around me. I pray I don't fail you in not loving others as you love both me and them. And I pray that we would consider it all joy when facing trials. That when enduring the refiner's fire of God's sovereignty, that when all the dross of our life, attitudes, and seeking our own will is scraped off, that God finds the pure gold he desires and deserves. I know there's a lot to absorb there. But if you and me can boil it down to a couple of few things. To love God is to hate sin and love sinful people. Forgive them and pray for them. Let God do the hard lifting. For he can make a nation holy by having for himself souls that humble themselves to be people that are perfected love, in love I have nine minutes so I'm going to tell one more story true story happened to me and I'm going to say it happened to my family as well because it happened to me and it was terrible but I had a really good job I worked oil refineries my whole life and I was making a lot of money and it's not because I'm special but just because I felt God had anointed me to do it well but people get jealous and envious and sometimes when you're not walking in the spirit you open your mouth and say the wrong thing around the wrong people and it can come back to bite you But I got—I had lost my job for something I didn't do. They lied and got caught. Didn't get my job back, but. um, And by me popping off, I got arrested the same day. Because I said something I should have, and they took what I said and twisted it in such a way. And got together. I didn't realize people could be that bad. I had no idea. I was in a bubble now I know sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut I learned that and I spent the night in jail and after $25,000 of lawyer's fees um, it finally came out after a year of praying and getting before the Lord every day crying out to him Um the truth came out and the a district attorney found out that they were all lying and they had conspired together. Now, you would think in a just world that he would do something to them, right? Nope. You did nothing. You just let me off and, well, I guess you're not, you're not guilty. Have a nice day. But what about the 25000 I spent? Well, that's just how the justice system works. You know, and my lawyer came to me and he said Howard we have them we can sue them and i this is this is like a deal from the devil in my opinion it's like hey he says i can i will not charge you anything i will not charge you anything i am going to sue them free of charge and all the money that we get we'll just split 50-50 and you don't even have to come to court, I guarantee you at least 50 grand without even coming to court. They're going to want to pay. He says, I have them. I have them left and right, upside down and inside and out. And the Holy Spirit said to me, aren't you going to forgive them or are you going to go to court and get your reward now or get your reward in heaven? And so I told my lawyer that I've, I am choosing to forgive them And his jaw hit the floor so hard. He's like, what? But it didn't make sense to him. It was foolishness to him to be that guy. After all I went through, imagine what Joseph went through and had to say, I forgive you. God did this for a reason. And I don't know the full reason of what I don't have that 2020 20 hindsight of all that I went through six years ago. But I know that God has a plan and I know that he loves me. And I also know he loves those that did to me what they did. And so I, every time the enemy tries to bring those thoughts up in my mind about how much they hurt me, I thwart his plans by occupying my mind with those people by praying for them. And I had to keep telling myself, I have to mean this from my heart. God, save them. Fill them with your spirit. Wouldn't that be awesome if one of them saw me on the street and says, Howard, I got saved. I'm a Christian now. That would be awesome. And I know angels in heaven would be rejoicing every time someone comes to Christ. And so with that, I'm in my grace period now, so I will finish. Lord Jesus, I just ask you to bless everyone here today and that you would all mold us into your image for your glory because you're the one that deserves it and you're the one that empowers us to be that guide that says, I forgive them, I'm going to pray for them because we can't do that in our own strength. And I just ask that you bless all our family and to anyone who has a friend or family member that's not saved, I ask that you would save them and have them to get to know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.